All right, back for another episode of the Sock Stack Podcast. I am your host, Liam Skivington, and today I'm joined by Boston Red Sox farmhand, Hunter Dobbins. Hunter, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. I'm glad to be on. Uh, so appreciate you taking the time. So Hunter, I guess we'll, we're just going to jump right into it, man. I want to know how this offseason's been going for you. I've heard you've been uh, working on developing a couple new pitches, so let's let's dive in. Uh <laughs> Man, offseason's been going great. Uh, you know, been working on kind of physically filling out a little more, you know, tweaking some things there. Uh, pitch design, the splitter has kind of jumped off the charts. Uh, I actually threw a bullpen today, and it was the best numbers I've seen on it ever. Um, and then slide, or working on more of a sweeper, I guess is what everybody calls it nowadays. Um you know, kind of developing from that bullet slider uh, to more of the sweeper. Uh, and then also, you know, trying to develop a little bit more velo because, you know, the radar gun's always fun to look at. Mm-hmm. What are you uh, pumping the gun at these days, Hunter? Uh, right now we're sitting at about 91, 93, which is normally a tick or two higher than I normally am at this point in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially as a starter. I try to roll into spring training, low to mid-90s, and then, you know, hopefully by the end of spring training, first couple weeks of the season, we start seeing some 98s, 99s, kind of start mixing in the upper velos. So as a starter, Hunter, what is your throwing program in the offseason? Like, I've had some players tell me that they completely stopped throwing in the offseason for a period of time. Are you similar? Um, What what does yours look like? Um, I normally shut it down for about three weeks completely. Um, you know, this is like of it, right after the season. Yeah. Right after the season's okay. done, uh, I'll shut it down just because the volume that we throw in a season, you, you get pretty taxed pretty quick. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, shut it down for three weeks and then kind of a slow build up. uh, get to the point after the new year, start mixing it in off the mound a little bit for some kind of easier bullpens. And then today was my first kind of high intensity day. So, you know, about that mid January, late January, start really ramping it up. Do you, uh, do you face live hitters in the off season hunter? Uh, yeah, I try to face uh, a group of guys one or two times before I get to spring training. I think next Friday I'm going against a few of the pro guys out here at Texas tech that we all work out together. Um, and just kind of, it's a good uh, good way of seeing kind of where you're at. Um, any of the pro guys, anyone in the audience might know that you've been working out with this offseason. Um, I've been around him. Haven't worked out with him yet. Uh, Josh Young. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Young, Jace Young, they're both here. Um, uh, there's a couple – there's a guy with the Dodgers. Uh, his name's Mitch. He's I think he he's going to be in their double-A. Uh, Brandon Birdsell, he's one of the Cubs' top starting pitching prospects. I mean, we got a great mix of guys out here. Good stuff. So uh, how far is this facility from where you're at, Hunter? Uh, like 10 minutes. Yeah, oh, I, cool. Have yeah. You... I, I played okay, here so you... at Tech, and then uh, we, I met my wife uh, here, and we just set up shop. And so we, we work out up there at Texas Tech, and they just built a brand-new facility too, and it is sweet. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to check that out. So 
Hunter, um, last year you had some success in Double A Portland. What was your, uh, how did you adjust to Portland? Because a lot of people say once you're like the jump from Single A to Double A is a lot more difficult than the jump from Double A to Triple A. Uh, I can, you know, granted I haven't done the Double A to Triple A yet, but that jump from High A to Double A is. Uh, it's a huge one. Um, it took me some time to adjust because I think my first two starts in double A, uh, I think went pretty well. We're, they're solid outings. Um, and, you know, in true baseball fashion, as soon as you kind of get it in your head that, oh, I kind of I got this, it humbles you a little bit. Um, but, you know, you go from facing guys that are still developing, still kind of figuring out the game to guys that are, I mean, realistically, one call from the bigs. I mean, We've seen it time and time again, guy from double A straight up. And it's like, so you get there and the the caliber of hitter skyrockets. And so you really got to learn how to get guys out in the strike zone. They're not going to chase as much. And it's just, you learn, you learn the chess side of it instead of just rearing back and throwing. Yeah, you kind of, double A is that level where you kind of start learning like how to pitch. If that, does that sound right? Yeah. Um, you know, high, like, you and your catcher start figuring it out. Y'all still work, start working on things. Double A, it's like you and your catcher got to be on the same page. You go over the scouting report. You're like, all right, hey, this is how we're attacking this guy and then this guy, and it's one through nine. Not high A where it's like, hey, here's a scouting report on one through four, and then let's just pitch to our shrinks past that. It's kind of more of a, hey, here's the scouting report, attack the scouting report, and go at them. So Hunter, I want to walk it back quick. You mentioned the development of your uh, sweeper this offseason. What led to the development of that? Like, did you were there any cues in your game last year that you were like, ah, a sweeper could be better used here? Um, it wasn't really from me or the game. Uh, one of our pitching uh, coordinators came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we're looking at some of the numbers. We think that you're uh, kind of we call it pitch score." We'll uh, increase with a sweeper, like, let's try it. And, you know, we kind of, I called it a baby sweeper toward my last couple starts of the year where I actually used it in a game. And, uh, both of those starts, it was very effective. And so that's kind of when we were like, you know what, we've seen what a kind of a small one will do. Let's really attack this and let's get the big one. And we think that's really going to take off this next year. Is it nerve wracking taking the mound um, and essentially testing a pitch that you've designed yourself? A little bit. Um, That's when you got to kind of remind yourself like, hey, yes, I'm fighting for that promotion. But at the end of the day, I'm developing here. And the only way I'm going to develop and get to the point where I can take this to the next level is if I just go and do it. And so it's like you just kind of take that breath like, you know what, this might go terribly wrong but I'll never know if I don't throw it. And so it's, you know, you just go roll in there with confidence and you kind of, Hey, if it doesn't work back to the drawing board, if it does work, we got something let's roll with it. So Hunter, let's walk away from baseball a little bit. We'll definitely come back to it, but let's get into Hunter Dobbins. The, is it Dobbins or Dobbins? Sorry. Duh. It's Dobbins, but I I know. Okay. So I had it right the first time, man. Oh my God. See, it's, Always it's all right. Guessing. You know, I, I've kind of figured that, especially being in Boston with the accents and all that, I'm going to get used to both ways because I know it can go both ways. So that's for it's sure. Just, I, yeah. 
I listened to an episode you were on, you were on a different podcast uh, a week or two ago, and I listened to a little bit of it earlier today, and he pronounced it Dobbins, and I always in my head, I thought Dobbins, but uh, mess me up. Um, yeah. So, all right, Hunter, you reside in Texas in the offseason? Uh, yeah, out here in West Texas. All right, so baseball aside, what's Hunter Dobbins do for fun? What's your day-to-day look like? Uh, well, this offseason's been a little bit different. Uh, I actually was selling cars at a Ford dealership, uh, making a little extra money. Plus the wife told me to go get a job, get out of the house. Oh, got to. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, when I can, I'm out either bird hunting, bow hunting, uh, playing golf, uh, really anything to kind of get away from the city life. Uh, I mean, I was raised as a country kid. If I could just go and spend the day out in the woods by myself. As a perfect day, um, either that or you know, spending time at home with the wife and the dog, and you know, because we in season you don't get to do that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm from a small town in Massachusetts. Certainly not. Um, I'm I'll, full transparency. I'm not gonna. I'm not your man's man. I'm definitely not that. <laughs> um, so I'm not a hunter. Not anything like that. So tell me a little bit more about this hunting that you do in the off season. You said you hunt birds. Yeah, so uh, we'll go quail hunting, uh, pheasant hunting. Um, basically, my in-laws own a bunch of land over in New Mexico, and we'll just go and you go walk and kind of chase these quail all over, try to get as many as you can, and then we actually out there, we'll, we'll cook them, and some good old country-style uh, fried quail will just put me to bed, and best sleep I'll get in a long time. So uh, when you're hunting quail, are you, I, cause I know when you're hunting deer, you're like perched up, you're waiting, you can be waiting for hours. It's mm-hmm. it the same thing when you're doing it with quail. No, you're out kind of, you drive around and you kind of get a feel for where they're at. And then you kind of, you'll hop out and you'll walk, you know, three, 400 yards kind of through these, through brush and bushes, stuff like that. And they'll fly up. And then when they fly up, obviously you take them out, but, uh, Oh, so you're shooting them as they're move as they're like flying away. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I see. I like, I could not imagine doing that. (laughs) Like, I don't think I could hit anything with a gun. Certainly didn't hit a uh, baseball. So (laughs) (laughs) it it takes some practice, but you know, it's, it's fun. And you know, the, we, we really enjoy doing it and it's a great way to kind of get away and unplug and just kind of relax a little bit. What's your favorite, um, like, let's call it country meal? Oh, you know, I think um, I'd have to go uh, chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and green beans. Okay. Just okay. Old, old old, school, simple, and can't go wrong. You got to put gravy on top of it as well. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hunter, I actually saw you were in – you call it a debate or whatever you will with a couple guys from beyond the monster about the best, uh, fast food. Did I see that right? Uh, fried chicken place. Yeah. Okay. Can we get your top three ranking officially? Um, so y'all don't know about this cause it's a Southern or kind of certain States, but chicken express is like number one. They got sweet okay. tea that has enough sugar in it that it'll, it, it'll take you out. Uh, um, okay. And then raising canes just because of the fries and the bread. And then number three 
if we're thinking chicken, oh man, that's a tough one. There's another Southern chain called Bush's Chicken that was the one I'd go to all the time in high school. I'd probably put okay. them at number three. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was thinking Zach. So I lived in Nashville for two years. I was thinking Zaxby's might crack that list. I never mm-hmm. experienced Southern food like <laughs> Southern food in my life before I moved to Nashville. And as soon as I had a bite of Zaxby's, I was like, oh my God. But apparently I missed the mark because there's <laughs> three better ones that you just said. Well, the Chicken Express and Bushes. I think Bushes is only in Texas. Okay. And then Chicken Express is just in like Texas, Louisiana, and maybe like Alabama or something like that. Um, man, Zaxby's is good, but it's like after you have Raising Cane's and all that, it feels kind of like a knockoff Raising Cane's. I know. I know uh, I'll get some pushback from those guys over at Beyond the Monster for that one. But <laughs> do you does Chick Fil A make your top five or no? I don't really consider that fried chicken. What it, do you consider? I, I I love Chick Fil A, but it's like yeah. when I think fried chicken, I'm thinking like big, like big tenders, crispy and like deep fried. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I, I'm not a Chick Fil A hater at all. I I love that place. That's good to know. Maybe they'll sponsor. Yeah. Um, so you grew up, Hunter, watching Michael Walker pitch at um, Texas Tech, right? Uh, he was at Texas A&M because I'm originally Texas from A&M, that area. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. What was that like for you once he like made it to the majors, to, um, watching that and knowing that you saw him during his time in college and being so successful? Uh, it was really cool because it's like, you know, there's a there's a pretty long time where I was kind of compared to to him like my pitching was pretty similar to him that's obviously changed now just with getting older and kind of the pitching arsenal uh switched up but I mean I've always followed his career pretty close you know I was happy to see that he made the uh kind of made a good career I was really hoping I'd get to talk to him uh as his time kind of with us but you know I'm still not giving up hope maybe he'll come back or something like that but no, I was, it was a lot of fun watching him. So Hunter, I'm not going to ask you to get too like deep into your thoughts on this, but obviously you're a part of the Red Sox organization. I'm, you're not oblivious to what's been going on this offseason, I'm sure. What do you think about the seemingly change in philosophy from the top, especially as it pertains to pitching? Um, you know, I think it all has a real good potential to make a really good uh, impact. You know, that's... At the end of the day, you, I'm not going to stick my nose up at anything because you never know what is going to, you know, take you to the next level. Um, you know, from the conversations I've had, uh, kind of stuff I'm seeing, it it seems like we're going real in-depth. We're focusing on some more different things. And I, I ultimately think it's going to be a really good change for us. Um, I just I'm excited to get down there in spring training and, and kind of see it in person and see how it all shakes out. Would you say it's kind of turning into a more like fully analytical approach? Um, no, I wouldn't go so much as to say that. Um, because it's still also at the end of the day, it's going to be about how do you feel, you know, mm-hmm. what's your mindset on this? But I, I definitely think we are getting to that point where, you know, we are going to look at some different numbers that might impact us a different way. And, you know, I, 
I'd love to go deeper into it, but you know, not being there in person yet, I haven't got to experience it. Hopefully I can come back on again, you know, maybe after the year and kind of dive into it a little more. Yeah, absolutely. When do you plan on getting down to Fort Myers, Hunter? Uh, I'm headed down there February 4th. Okay. Yeah, so you dr- Are you driving? Yes. Yep. Nice okay. long drive. I think it's like 25 hours or something like that. 25 hours? You're not going to do it straight through, are you? Uh, we'll see. No it just, way. Uh, it just depends on, you know, I kind of, I've done it once before. It's not fun. But at the end of the day, you like, the difference is me pulling into Fort Myers at, you know, nine o'clock on the uh, night of the fourth, or I can drive straight through and be there at, you know, two o'clock and kind of have a little more time to settle in, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Mm -hmm. Do you get, um, like before you go, do you get your like housing assignment and everything? Uh, no, cause our options are we can either find our own place or stay at the team hotel. And I've put plenty of time in at the team hotel. So that's not happening. Uh, (laughs) And so I'm actually, uh, I'm staying with Hayden Mullins, Butler and uh, Garrett Ramsey uh, in an Airbnb and kind of be a little more comfortable uh, and go enjoy some time with those guys. Absolutely. So growing up in Texas Hunter, where did you grow up a Rangers fan, grow up an Astros fan, maybe something completely different? Um, I actually tried to not get attached to a fan base. You know, there's actually baby pictures of me and Red Sox stuff because my dad's huh. been a uh, diehard Red Sox fan his whole life. Um, and so it's like, and it's kind of funny. We actually went back and uh, saw a bunch of pictures all throughout my childhood of me wearing Red Sox gear. And oh, how we got to get some of those. Yeah, That's how awesome. it kind of came full circle. But now is I knew I wanted to do this for a living, and so I knew it'd be easier to uh, go to it instead of like if I was a Rangers fan, and all of a sudden now I'm playing the Red Sox, but I'm also deep down still a Rangers fan. That'd just be kind of weird. Which mm-hmm. I, the only thing I can tell you is uh, I I can't stand the Yankees. So other than that, I have no fe- no real feelings uh, about anybody else. You fit right in with us then. You fit right in. Um, so, Hunter, are there any benchmarks or personal goals you've set for yourself on or off the field for 2024? Um, well, the big one is, you know, I feel like I'm in a good spot to where if I go out there and take care of business, uh, obviously my goal is Fenway by the end of the year. Um, you know, go out there, do my thing, take care of business, and hopefully be a be to a spot where I can contribute to the big league club. Um, but also like kind of a smaller goal of mine is I think I threw 116 or 118 innings this year, somewhere right in there. I can't remember the exact number, but I, my personal goal is I want to eclipse 140, maybe even 150 innings. Cause I mean, I hit almost 120 and I missed five weeks of the season thanks to vertigo. So it's like, I I feel like if I go out there have another good solid season, I could hit that, and it just sets me up for you know potentially hitting 160 plus innings in the big leagues. So I just want to get get my arm used to that workload, so I can kind of be one of those guys that just eats innings up there. You said your dad's a massive Red Sox fan, right? Yes. How did he react when you became part of the Red Sox organization? Uh, he was pretty emotional. Um, 
because I, I will say that was a really rough six month span um, because two weeks for opening day, my last year in college, I blew out uh, with Tommy John. And so we weren't, we weren't expecting to sign at all. Um, I wasn't expected to get drafted. You know, I wasn't, I was fully planning on coming back to school. Um, just cause I mean, I hadn't pitched in a game since before COVID had started. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it was kind of funny. The Red Sox called me and, you know, we, we couldn't really line up on the details at first. And then all of a sudden, so we all thought that it was done. And so that made the vibe kind of go down even more than it already was. And then they called again and I was like, you know what? They called a second time. I want to be there. They want me there. Let's go do this thing. And I haven't looked back since. And, you know, was him getting to sit, be there for that whole process. He just, he loved it and he got emotional on me that day. So Baseball America recently named you as their, um, let me, I wrote it down here, sorry, as their sleeper pick for Boston's organization. Does that, Hunter, I've talked to guys who some people take some stock in that, some people don't even look at it. Where do you fall in that line? Um, I'm kind of like in the middle, you know, it's, I'll, I'll look at it and be like, Oh, that's really cool. Like, you know, that's, it's cool. I'm getting a little nice bit of recognition. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I said, uh, on a podcast I was on a couple of days ago, I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, none of those hitters standing in that box and be like, Oh man, this guy was a sleeper pick. So it's like, a, I got to like focus up and, you know, they don't care. I don't care when I'm on the mound. I'm just going to go at them. And, you know, it's, I'm hoping here pretty quick I'm no longer a sleeper pick and just actually, uh, you know, they they realize I'm kind of rolling. Hunter Dobbins, thank you so much for joining the Sox Sack Podcast. Looking forward to watching your progress this season. I appreciate it.